Hi, I'm Kate Noel, and I am so happy you're here. This podcast is about all things related to honest health and wellness, eating disorder recovery, lifestyle stuff, and more. I want to share my personal experience along with interviewing amazing guests to inspire you to be the best version of yourself by truly honoring what your mind, body, and soul want and need. I've honestly always had a hard time allowing myself the dessert. If you have to, let's get real and take the cake. Take the Cake is about informing, inspiring, and educating you. It's not intended to diagnose or treat anything. It's simply for your entertainment, and I just want to give a trigger warning to anyone who is easily triggered by topics centered around disordered eating and stuff like that. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. On today's episode, we have a friend of mine named Allie Courtnall. She is a model and she's also with the same agent that I'm with, so we have like a lot in common. And she is so, so special and she just is like a mental health rock star. She's just overcome so many challenges. So I'm so appreciative that she took the time to be on the podcast. Uh, Today we talk about having confidence and her experience with depression, overcoming that, dealing with it. We talk about rejection in the industry and we also talk about her body image struggles as a model. She just has such an interesting story. Um, She's an athlete, so it's just interesting to hear her perspective about her confidence journey and her body positive journey as an athlete. So I know you're going to learn something new. Uh, She's just so full of wisdom. So without further ado, here's Allie. Hi, Allie. I am so excited to talk to you. I've been wanting to interview you for a while now, uh, but COVID is getting in the way, but I'm so happy that we're able to talk. So I would love for you to just start off by giving my audience a little bit about you, your story, maybe how you got into modeling and just where you're at today. Well, I'm so excited to be here. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate you having me on. Um, So a little bit about me. I grew up in an extremely athletic family. My dad and my uncle played in the NHL for over 16 years. And my mom um, was a dancer as well as an actress. So kind of always was very into theater as well as being an athlete at the same time. But then I kind of went more down the sports route and I ended up going to UCLA and I played soccer and track there and you won a national championship there, which was really cool. Um, But, you know, by the end of college, I, you know, I kind of just lost that passion a bit that I had my whole life for sports. And, you know, you start asking your question, those questions like, what do I want to do with my life? Like who I am, who am I beyond like just being an athlete and my mom being like an actress and more and kind of like the creative side of things. I was like, Oh, maybe I want to get into this part of the industry. And so I kind of dipped my toes a bit into modeling, not really knowing what to expect from it. And, you know, it's been like five, six years now and I'm still doing it and really enjoying it. And have been able to do some acting here and there throughout it. But yeah, mainly doing modeling right now. You are working a lot. Like you are 
and Target, Lululemon, like you're working a lot. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, thanks to Trisha. She is such a hustler. I feel like she works so hard for her girls. So it's she does. She's the best. Amazing. She really is. So I follow you on Instagram, everyone. You should follow her too. I'll leave a link in the description. <laughs> but um so I love that you post little like stories about mental health and just your thoughts. You're super vulnerable, which I, of course, appreciate so much. So I want to talk about some stuff that I have noticed you talking about because I'm like, we got to dive deep into this. Yes. So the first thing I want to talk about is having confidence because you really radiate confidence, but I have noticed that you've talked about how it's been a struggle for you. So I'd love for you to just talk to me about maybe your confidence journey and then some ways like practical ways that you can make yourself feel more confident and be more confident. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I'll start just back with like sports and everything. I think I always really struggled with confidence and just like believing in myself. And I feel like I based a lot of how I felt about myself, how from other people's like telling me like how great I was or if I wasn't doing well. And, you know, that was kind of me in sports with coaches and with teammates. And if I wasn't kind of getting that positive affirmations from other people, I didn't really think very highly of myself. And then it translated to how I played. And I finally got to this place. I want to say it was my junior year of college. I went down this super like dark hole. I was very depressed. I wasn't playing like I didn't know why and you know my coach and I didn't get along and I finally just you know when you kind of hit that low you're just so desperate to get out of it and you'll try anything and I you know I started going to like even just like self-help seminars and things like that and listening to other people's stories and like how they got through these things. And um, the thing that I took from it the most is like, you kind of just have to fake it till you make it in a sense of like getting up every day and just starting to tell yourself all these things that you want to believe about yourself. So every day in the mirror, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm an amazing athlete. I'm strong. I'm confident. I'm beautiful. I'm this. And, you know, you, you start telling yourself that every day and then you just kind of get to a point where you're like, you know what? I am this. Like, why can't mm-hmm. I be this? And I think it just became this practice of just wanting to feel better about myself and not having to rely on other people to make me feel like I'm worthy. And mm-hmm. I think when I finally kind of figured that out, I came back to sports I, after I had quit and I played the best soccer I ever played. Even on a bad day, I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't care what anybody else thinks about it. Like I'm, I'm only going to listen to myself and work through what I need to work through and what's best for me. And I kind of just canceled out that noise. And I think that's kind of gone into the modeling industry because I feel like there's a lot of rejection. There's a lot of people telling you how you should and shouldn't feel about yourself. And at some point you kind of just have to be like, you know what, like I am in, in control of how I should feel about myself. Like I shouldn't give that power to anybody else. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it's a daily practice, but I've been reading a lot. I've been trying to practice gratitude and, you know, waking up every day and 
writing things that I'm grateful for or that I'm appreciative of myself. And it sounds so silly when you're by yourself being like, I'm beautiful and I'm this, but it really does make a really big difference in how you feel about yourself if you're just surrounding yourself with these positive affirmations and beliefs. Like you can't, at some point you're going to be like, you're going to feel that energy and actually start believing that. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that's exactly what I am doing right now. Um, I just started teaching meditations for people with eating disorders and just general people as well. But um, so I've been in that space for a while now where I've been practicing meditation. And a part of that is saying mantras and affirming things. And I, I just have literally personally experienced it. And I love that you have too. rewiring my brain. Cause I think a lot of times people, people feel like they can't be confident because they just don't. And they're like, I just don't, I, I can't pretend like I believe something about myself. That's not true. Mm-hmm. But what I like to say to that is you will get there and you really can't trust yourself when you're in this like self-deprecating mindset. Like you just can't trust yourself. No. So you have to, Bake it till you make it, like you said. And it's true. Over time, gratitude will – like you saying great things you're grateful for and you saying mantras that you want for yourself, like in the present tense especially, it really rewires your brain. So yeah. I'm so glad that you touched on that. No, it really does. And I, I like you said, some people just don't – at first they're like, oh, well, I just, I just don't get how I'm going to get there or, you know, I really don't love myself. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how saying that to myself is going to make me feel better. And, you know, I was in that place too, but – I always just like to say to people before you really get to a place like that I was in where I felt like I was in this really dark hole, like there is a way to turn it around. And it really is by just like practicing these positive affirmations, gratitude, and just making it a daily practice, just setting aside a small time in your day. And I'm like, I'm just telling you until you do it, you won't understand the impact that it really does have on your mental health. Yeah. There's definitely like a lot of science to back that up too. Like yeah. if people are like, I don't know. It's like, there's so many studies. So that's a really good tip. And I had a question for you. When you said you were feeling like self-deprecating when you were, you know, before you quit um, the first time or whatever, before you quit, do you think that's common that like a lot of athletes, maybe, maybe men and women, but a lot of athletes in general, they feel very hard on themselves when their coaches or teammates don't give them their affirmations? Like, did you feel like that was common in your teammates as well? I, I do think it was common amongst the people that weren't as consistent with how they performed. I think that a lot of it had to do with just not figuring it out that, you know, you have that power within yourself and you don't really need anybody else to give you anything to perform at the highest level. Like I've, I I still talk to friends now who see sports psychologists and like hypnotists and people like that, just because they want to get their minds right, because they realize like, no matter what level I get to, and even if I'm at the best at what I do, if my mental health isn't right where my physical health is there, I'm not going to win and I'm not going to perform well. And I think that a lot of people struggle with it and more people are starting to realize that 
you know, you can train all day long, but if you're not coming home and taking care of your mind as well, like you will never get to where you want to be. I love that. That's like a real parallel for, I think a lot of people listening, including me. I definitely am not an athlete. Actually, I think I'm an athlete. I'm not a college (laughs) athlete, but uh, I, that I resonate with that just with my recovery because physically I was totally recovered, but mentally I wasn't. And that's why I ended up having to go to treatment. And like, that was the really hard part. So I think, you know, a lot of people get to a place where they're physically recovered, like their bodies are a lot healthier and they're functioning right. But then mentally they're so stuck. And I think that's Mm -hmm. why people end up in that space where they can't really continue on and they start falling back. So that's a really interesting parallel. Yeah. So I would love for you to talk more about your depression, your anxiety. Um, Yeah. You mentioned that before on your Instagram and just hearing you say that you quit, I'm just wondering like, did those go hand in hand or were you just like, I need a break? Tell me about it. So I, yeah, obviously, you know, sports not going as well as I wanted it to and all of that plays into it, but also just my mental health in general. I feel like I've always kind of struggled with it. I always, I always say to people who don't really understand depression all that well that I just feel like I'm an emotional person that feels things at a very like escalated like heightened level more so than the average person so it's like when I'm really when I'm sad I just feel like I'm more sad than the average person like you know because some people just don't really understand it and they don't get why what depression is and that was me my whole life I just I'm a very emotional person but I I feel like sometimes I self-sabotage and I get into these toxic cycles where I let the mind games in my head kind of take over of how I feel about myself and life, my worthiness and, you know, my purpose. And I think I had just gotten into this place where, you know, I, my boyfriend had just broken up with me. Um, I wasn't getting along well with my friends. I was kind of pushing them all away. I tend to isolate myself when I kind of get start internalizing these feelings about myself and you know when that starts happening you stay in your room and you stop going out and socializing and like you don't even realize how quickly it happens but you shut everything out and you just Mm -hmm. get into this really negative cycle I I was on a family trip that summer and I was everyone was out on the lake and outside all day and I was sitting in a dark room all day in bed and you know it that's just that's where I was at in my life. And finally, um, my, cause my family is very, um, has always been very aware of mental health because we lost my grandfather when my dad was, I want to say 13 years old Wow. to, so he committed suicide and wow. we, my family started a foundation called, um, like the Courtnell Classic, like a charity, whole charity event as well to raise money for mental health. Cause in the island that we grew up in, Canada, feel like people there was no there was no like mental health hospital or anything for people who were struggling to go like see a psychologist or something. It just wasn't a thing. So my dad really wanted to build a mental health institute and hospital and stuff so people could get treatment and get help. So we, I grew up around it. It wasn't like a soft subject to talk about. So everyone was kind of very aware that it was things that I struggled with. And um, my uncle actually 
led me to like this, it was like a self-help retreat and you had no phone for a couple of days and you just talked with people and heard their stories and you really connected on a deep level. And I think it just brought a lot of perspective. Like one, there's always somebody that has it worse than you, but two, that regardless of your story, everybody listened and and cared deeply regardless of what their situation was because they 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 could connect with you in a way that some people may not understand and i i left that retreat making phone calls to friends that maybe that i had pushed out of my life or even family members that i've had things that i've been holding on to for so long and i came out of that a better person because i finally started communicating so that's why i'm always preaching communication to people because I think that was the first step to my healing was finally just dealing with things that I feel like I've just been like internalizing my whole life and it you know it just feels like all these bricks on you and I just felt so I felt like this weight was lifted off of me when I told a family member like hey I I feel this type of way towards you because we've you've been doing this to me or like a friend. I'm like, I'm so sorry I pushed you out. But Mm -hmm. I always say, this is why I was feeling this way. And I was going through this. And, you know, every single person responded in a way where they had so much empathy. And they were like, man, I wish I had known because I would have handled I would have handled things differently knowing that you were going through that, but you weren't communicating that to us. So we were just thought you were being a bitch or you were mm-hmm. <laughs> being mm-hmm. that. And so I always say to people, like, it seems embarrassing to share that you're feeling some type of way about yourself and you're feeling depressed. But if people really true love, truly love you and care about you, a lot of people have surprising responses in a way that does make you feel like, you know what, I, it's it's normal to feel this way. I'm not crazy. I'm not, I shouldn't be embarrassed about this, but you know, it's, it's a daily struggle. Like some weeks are easier than others. I finally started seeing a psychologist again, and that's been amazing. So I always encourage people to get help in whatever way suits them. But, and that's been that for me and self-help books, but you know, depression is something I feel like I'm always going to have to deal with, but I, I feel like I'm in a place where now where I'm like, okay, I can communicate. I have the resources to help me. And so I always just try to hopefully help somebody else who might be dealing with the same thing that maybe was once was where I was in the beginning where I really didn't know how to go about it. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. I, I agree that it's so isolating. I've struggled with depression too. And mine coincided with my eating disorder. So it was like very, you know, I got depressed because I was absolutely completely isolating myself. I lost so many friends and was in a bad relationship and just wasn't good to my family. wasn't kind to my parents or my sister. And it's, it's one of those things where like, yeah, once you get into it, you just kind of keep going deeper into it until you kind of hit a place where you're like, wow, I am alone and you don't want to be alone anymore. So you have to like mend that, those things. And I I agree, like people respond with respect typically. If you, you know, apologize and say, I'm sorry if I would, if if I was acting a certain way, you know, I was struggling. And then I feel like they even want to be a part of your life more because they 
generally would want to help you if they're a good friend and they would want to know how to support you. And I don't know, I guess my relationships ever since opening up, and it's been a while, but you know, all of my friends who I knew were on my side, now I have an even closer relationship with them. It's even deeper. And then even more is like sometimes they would even say, oh, like I struggle with that too. Like you never know, right? Like you said, you never know what people are going through. So it's most likely like if you have a semi-large friend group or if you're in school and you have like a lot of classmates, there's probably a lot, like a lot of people around you who are in a similar situation that you are or who can at least resonate with, with how you feel. Yeah. And I feel like it's always so important to just be honest and be genuine. And, you know, people are always going to respond well to that. And if they don't, that's not your problem. Mm. That's yeah, how I it's see not. it. It's definitely not. I, I say that too when I talk about people opening up about their struggles with food um, and their bodies. So I, I definitely agree with you. And um, and it, what about anxiety? Is that something that you kind of struggle with too? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, definitely. I think especially, you know, especially with the lifestyle we live with modeling and stuff too, I feel like anxiety can kind of happen sometimes life is like super fast paced where you can't keep up with everything going on and then sometimes it's so slow where it's Mm. like the anxiety of like okay uh, am I gonna work again and then you kind of like get in your thoughts all day and you just have like I don't know I just I feel like I get into these cycles because there's no consistency with this industry there's none (laughs) and so naturally I just feel like you can be a really anxious person when it comes to it just because like nothing's guaranteed there's no stability it's like and I feel like most humans want stability (laughs) they just like they like to have that in their life and (laughs) so when you're kind of like constantly putting yourself in these situations where you're like oh my gosh like am I going to be working this week? Like, especially this year. Oh my gosh. I I was so anxious. What a journey. I mean, like the beginning of the year was great. And then March hit. And then it's like, you're stuck at home. You're in your thoughts all day. Like I'm, I I saw this year, like depression and you know, all of that was at an all time high because I feel like it's the first time people had all of this time throughout the day to really do some soul searching and really like look within their themselves and be like, what do, where do I want to fix things in my life? Like, let me reevaluate what my purpose is. Do I like my job? Do I, (laughs) do I like who I am? Do I like my relationship? I mean, you've seen so many divorces and breakups because of it, but then you've also seen like pregnant pregnancies and engagements because I feel like it's been a year of being (laughs) like, I I love my relationship or wow, I cannot stand you. I didn't realize I didn't really like you. (laughs) It is so true. It's very polarizing. (laughs) It really was. So on that note, I would love to talk about body image and modeling for you. Um, so I, I'm just, just really diving into your brain right now. So I'm yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah, like, do you struggle with this? Oh, a hundred percent. I mm-hmm. mean, so I left college, obviously, extremely fit, like even more muscular than I am now. Like I. And I really wanted, or I left college and went into the modeling industry and I started out more just doing fitness modeling. So, you know, I didn't 
fully really experience any sort of negativity because I kind of just went into a comfort zone. And then once I started wanting to like branch out of that and do more and see other agencies that could offer jobs like outside of just fitness, like that's when I started like experiencing a lot of like negative feedback or you need to lose weight or you need to lose this, like you're too muscular, you're too this, you're too that. And like, it's so interesting because like, being strong and and being fit to me doesn't seem like a negative thing, but I feel like people can like, they say, they say it like, Oh, you're so strong or you're so this, but they say it in a way where it's an insult almost like it's not Mm. like it's not meant to be a compliment. And it's just, I don't know this industry. I'll never get used to it where people are just like commenting on your body as if it's normal. (laughs) Hmm. And I'm like, tell me about that. Like, what's your experience with that? Like in person, you mean clients and yeah, yeah, just like, just making or like, oh, like you're like, even just like bulky or like things like that, like just Hmm. making like comments in that way. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I would never walk into a room and be like, oh, wow, like, look at your nose or like, (laughs) Like something like that. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I don't think like that at all. Like, I would never point out something about somebody. But like, you know, when you walk into a room, it's like almost like you're not human in some instances, especially castings or when you're meeting agencies and things like that. I think that's when you'll experience the majority of it. Like when you're with a client, I feel like the majority of the time you're there, they booked you because they like you. So you don't really experience it as much. But um, yeah, it's been a really interesting journey for me. And I feel like I'm still dealing dealing with like, kind of trying to break these barriers of being fit, but also like letting these clients know just because I'm fit and I like to work out doesn't mean that you can pigeonhole me into like the fitness category. There are fit girls who love to wear fashion clothes. Like there's fit girls who love to wear bikinis. Like there's fit girls who love to wear lingerie. Like why are we not representing those girls in other categories? Like why are they just doing the Nike campaigns? Like why are they just doing the fitness category of this? Like I want to break down these barriers of like just getting stuck in a category. And I know it happens all the time with different girls. Like they just are like, oh, well, you're just swim or you're just this. And I know. And I'm so, so tired yeah. of it. I'm tired of it. It shouldn't be that way. Women should be able to represent whatever, like they look like in whatever category. Like it shouldn't, you shouldn't just be stuck in one because that's like the most convenient for the client. And I feel like we just need to get out of this mindset that oh, well, you have that skinny, big boobs, but so swim for you or you're fit and have muscles. So fitness for you or like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like swim and lingerie are so like white girl, blonde. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a white girl with blonde hair, so whatever. But like, I just feel like it's so whitewashed and super, super thin. Like you said, big boobs and it's, it's gross. And everyone is, you know, it's funny. Like, I never thought about this. My sister-in-law brought this up to me, but every model that does swim is so tan. There's never any like pale representation of a swim. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's really interesting. Like I, I never thought about that. So th- yeah, we just have such a long way to go. And I, I completely agree with you with, with the sports stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and also like, there's girls who are super fit and they work out and they'll never have abs, but they should still be able to do fitness stuff. 
like, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like it goes, it goes both ways. Like, or there's girls now, like it's interesting because I feel like the fitness division is now kind of turning into like, they obviously want it to be more fashionable and like high fashion. So now there's girls who are, you know, just skinny with like the naturally gifted abs, like not actually from working out booking fitness and stuff. And but then like, there's girls who are actually really fit that are now too fit to be fitness. And I'm like, I can't keep up with (laughs) what's going on in this industry. I just feel like it's, it's always changing and not necessarily in the best way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's true. Um, but there are positive changes. I mean, it is cool to f- see some companies changing how who they're hiring and all that kind of stuff. I mean, even Victoria's Secret, you see so many different girls now on their site. Thank and, God. Yeah, <laughs> and, and whether that was out of desperation or not, it's still positive change, and mm-hmm. you you can't help but want to support it because you're like okay well you know they're listening and they realize that these companies like Fenty and you know is it Airy like are Mm -hmm. doing so well because you go on those sites and you see so many different bodies and representations and such unique people and people that aren't necessarily like the fittest but they have these amazing bodies like still and you know, and I saw a picture of a man and he had a belly and, you know, a big dude and, and all these guys started like on Twitter being like, man, like I've never wanted to buy something more because I finally am seeing a guy who looks like me. He has a belly like me, like he's big Mm -hmm. like me. And I'm like, that, like that warms my heart that there's people who are finally feeling like they're being seen. Yeah. Because they, I mean, haven't felt normal, you know, it's not been normalized. So when you look at a fat, like an old fashioned catalog, I think you see one type of person, one type of body, and then you look around you with the world and you see so many different types of bodies and people. So like they don't add up, you know, it's, it's not right. No. So I'm really happy that I'm, I'm so happy about that. And I, I was wondering, do you feel like as a woman, you kind of get more of like the shame, body shaming with like your athletic body than men. I just, I kind of know the answer to this, but I want you to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, I like when men are fit and like have muscles and stuff, like it's seen as like a good thing and like attractive and like they're in really good shape. But then like when you see women with it, it's like, oh, that like it's not sexy or it's bulky and you know, it's, it's too man. Like, why does fit have to be manly? But mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, why? Since when is that more of a manly trait? That shouldn't be a word. Yeah, I, it that's, just shouldn't. It's a gross word. It is. It is. But you hear it all the time. Like, it's like when mm. a guy's fit, he's strong and handsome, and like, like you know, it's just. And then when a woman is, it's like it. There, it's a different story. If she's not fit with muscle in like a slimming lean way, then it's not as attractive. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm so over hearing that. And now it's, it's great seeing more women who are just rocking their athletic bodies that they've been given. And they're, you know, they got the strong thighs and, you know, the broad shoulders and they're rocking it and feeling confident and strong, especially now when you see athletes like Serena Williams, like, shooting for these high fashion magazines and 
you know, she's strong and she's rocking these like high fashion clothing and she's making it look amazing. And I feel like she's empowering so so many women who have athletic body types by, you know, wearing these fashion clothing and looking feminine and beautiful and but strong all at the same time. Like I just, you know, I think that there's positive change in that way. I just wish that that would extend beyond just being a celebrity. That's that's so true. Well, I hope you can, you know, to kind of champion this and, you know, encourage the industry to change in that way. Because <laughs> it's so cool what you're doing. And I, I really think you're doing it. I mean, it's really obvious. You, like you said, you've you've been shooting for pretty impressive brands and, and you know, corporations. So I'm just really proud to see you practicing what you preach. And well, thanks, cool. girl. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've been on like a a part of my recovery was accepting my body shape because I think like a lot of people who are like me and who just don't have a lot of confidence, like I do now, but I obviously used to not and end up wanting to change their bodies a lot Mm -hmm. um, in an extreme way. They, they can't accept their body shape. Like I have broad shoulders. I have, you know, I don't have like the hourglass figure and I got to a place where I was so desperate for that, that I, I tried to get it and I didn't even realize like, oh, that's literally not possible for me because I'm just going to get really skinny. Like I'm not Mm going to actually have the body shape that I want. So it's been a really interesting journey to recognize that that has to change. Like if you're out there and you're listening and you aren't accepting of your body shape, it's a really tough place to be. And I'm really sorry, but I just feel like you have to have radical acceptance and like just learn, like you said, Allie, to love yourself. And yeah, now I say like I'm grateful for my broad shoulders. Like I love them. I'm a great swimmer. Yes, <laughs> so girl. I just try, <laughs> try and say things about it that I'm like, cool, this is like a good thing. Yes, it is. And there you have to be so thankful for your body and all that it does for you. Because when you really think about what your body does every day on a daily basis, it's pretty incredible. And I feel mm-hmm. like we don't appreciate it enough and we don't look at all the good that there is and that it gives to us on a daily basis. And also what I love to say to women and because, you know, I get DMs and things all the time of girls who are like, oh, I've been doing this workout and I've been doing this nutrition and like getting advice and all that stuff. And one, I'll say women who are giving advice, please be so careful. Like all these influencers, like be careful Mm -hmm. when you are giving advice to these women on Instagram and selling your meal plans and your workouts, because what works for you does not work for the majority. And I find, I see it all the time when there's women with really bomb bodies who are doing these meal plans and things like that. And it's really healthy. It leads to eating disorders and things for other people because, you know, that's not achievable for everybody. And I think that more people need to start focusing on how do I become the best version of myself? People are so focused on how somebody else looks and their shape of their body. And they're like, how do I get that? And I'm like, but that's not your body. That's not you. Like you should start focusing on how you want to feel with your own body and what you've been given 
And, you know, I feel like all of these trainers and stuff are always preaching like the Victoria's Secret model body and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, a lot of these girls were born with these shapes and being skinny. Not all of them. There's a lot of girls who struggle to get to that place. But there are some who just naturally were gifted with a skinny body and like the hourglass shape. And that's natural to them. But I'm tired of hearing like, get like a Victoria's Secret girl. And I'm like, well, I'm not 5'10". So I was going to say the height, the height thing really helps. Like people don't realize those girls are so tall and a lot of models are tall. Yeah. So like I've worked with models who are like six feet tall and of course they're like, look leaner. They are leaner, you know, they're six feet tall. So I mean, even if they are bigger girls, they still look leaner because of Mm -hmm. how long they are, because there's some, some girls that I've seen and I'm like, okay, you are by no means a small girl, but you photograph small because of just like how tall you are, how long your legs are. Like people don't understand that all of that plays into it. People know their angles. They know all of that kind of stuff. So it's just like, don't believe everything you see too. Because also, we don't always have control on how things are edited mm-hmm. as well. And there's More a lot shot, of- shot, angles, yeah. editing. Yeah, yeah there's, a, huge. there's a lot of stuff that plays into it. And I just feel like your women especially are constantly comparing themselves to these like perfectly edited photos. Even with influencers, I feel like no one's ever really showing what they truly look like. And I'm like, especially fitness influencers. Like there's definitely some out there who are changing the game and they're posting pictures of them on their bloated days. And they're mm-hmm. posting pictures of themselves, like not working out, you know, taking a rest day, but there's definitely still some out there where I'm like, Ooh, like you got to be a little more real. There's just no way there's no way, you know, and no. people are idolizing them and paying them to try and look like them. And then of course, they're going to fail because you can't look like them. You just can't. I mean, you're just not them. Yeah. This is definitely the year of everyone. You should just go through everybody who you follow on social media and ask yourself the question, like, does this better my life in any way? Does Mm. following this person better my life? Does it have bring me positive energy when I look at their page? If it doesn't bring anything, if it's not adding anything to your life, hit that unfollow button. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just talked about this, I feel like, in another podcast, but I feel like the people that you go through, your people you follow, like you said, and you can kind of get an idea of, like, what you're kind of idolizing at the moment. Uh If it's, like, there's a really common theme, like, if you're just following tons of, you know, super thin fitness influencers, like, we're just talking about that, for example, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, but maybe you shouldn't, you know, or if, if you go through like, you know, Instagram has this thing now where you can see like who you most interact with and you just like, okay, this person's popping up on my feed so much because I'm liking every single picture they post. And it's like, which ones are you like? It's all kind of like subconscious, but uh-huh. I think you can kind of bring yourself back by muting people and following people, whatever you need to do. I totally yeah. recommend that. Yeah. You got to put yourself first at the end of the day. Mm. Mm -hmm. mental health all of it yeah so last thing I wanted to talk to you about um well I want to talk to you about rejection but you already talked about that a little bit so you do this like little series and it's called what you see versus what you don't see and we also kind of talked about that too but I would love for you to just share like the inspo behind those picks and that sort of like series that you did Mm -hmm. and about it um I think 
I mean, honestly, like where, what I really wanted to just accomplish with that is I just, I wanted people and I've kept it up because I really want people to be able to revisit it if they can, because, you know, when you're following me, obviously there's a lot of awesome things going on in my life. I'm, I'm not going to pretend that there aren't cool things happening and, you know, with my boyfriend playing football and all that comes with that or trips we go on or my work, but I feel like you you see highlight reels and and all that and what I want to show you, but you know there's still a lot of shit going on in my life too. And <laughs> I mean, I I deal with mental health, I deal with depression, and you know I deal with the days where it's hard to get out of bed. And I I really want people to understand that that no matter who you are, what your economic status is, or if you're a celebrity or you're not a celebrity, if you're an athlete, professional athlete, or you're not like you can deal with mental health. Like everybody goes through it at what level they deal with it. That's different, but everybody goes through those things. And even like a relationship. I mean, the amount of times I see people on their Instagrams, like posting dancing photos with their significant others, like getting twirled on the beach or, you know, Mm. like, you know, they're on a cliff together and like, I don't know, doing all these things. Like, yeah, people see that. And then they're like, Oh, that's what I want. Like, I want a man that does that. But I'm like, No, real shit happens in relationships, you get in fights, you get in arguments, there's compromise, you know, there's struggles that you deal with. So I really wanted people to just like, understand that what they're seeing isn't what the full story of what they're truly getting. And I just kind of wanted to give examples of my life personally, because, you know, I remember I shared the moment that I signed in New York when I never thought that that was going to be possible. I, I still didn't care when people said no, I was like on a mission to make that happen. But there was so many no's that I got and people that didn't even give me the time of day. Like there was a lot of struggle that led up to the moment that I finally was able to post about. And I think that that's what people forget is there's usually a lot of struggle, a lot of rejection and a lot of negatives that leads you to that like great moment that you do want to share on social media. Oh yeah, that is beautiful. I wish more people did that. That's so beautiful. And I, I just, just makes you so more, much more real. And I think it makes you just more lovable. Like you're, you know, you're people want to relate. That's, that's one thing I really learned with being vulnerable myself is that people love it so much more than you just posting your highlights and that's it. Like people really resonate with that. And so. Yeah. Cause yeah. as some, there's at least someone that's feeling the same way that you're feeling, or maybe went through something ex- similar to you. People just want to be able to connect with you on some yeah. sort of deep level. And like, I mean, we're here to connect with one another. And I think that people don't understand that is there's this disconnect on social media when you're not being authentic or you're trying too hard to be real. Like there's also this thing now where I feel like it's trendy to be real, but it still doesn't come off as genuine because you're kind of like forcing it because, Mm. you know, because you want to come off like you're being vulnerable. But I'm like, no, like, I'm like, just be yourself at the end of the day. Like, you don't have to pick a day to be vulnerable in the week. Like, oh, I'm going to set up my content. So it's like, this is the day that I want to do this and that. I'm like, no, like, just feel what you're feeling. And if you really are going through something that day and you want to share it, share it. If you feel like you're going to help somebody, that's great. I mean, I, I mean, I don't go on there to share this stuff like for myself. I really, at the end of the day, like I just want people to never feel like they're alone because my family, like we, 
we've lost because someone felt some type of way. And I don't ever want anybody else to feel that way or, you know, not, you know, I just, at the end of the day, I want, I want people to find their true happiness and feel worthy. And I don't want them to come to my page and feel any other type of way besides like, I'm deserving, like, I'm great, like, not wanting to compare. I mean, I think comparison is, ah, it can be so toxic. Mm. And we I know we all deal with it at times. But that goes back to who you follow as well. And if they make you want to do that more or not, you know? Yeah, that's everyone's homework there. Go go through your page right now on Instagram and unfollow the people that you know don't serve you. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Allie, this has been wonderful. Yay. I am like so feeling like the good vibes for the rest of my day and my week. And yes, me too. I appreciate you so much. <laughs> I appreciate you too, honestly. Like what what you're doing and I mean it is changing so many people's lives and I really appreciate you like taking your time to like want to interview people and like share stories. And, you know, it's, it, we need more people like you who are doing these selfless things. So I really appreciate it. You're so sweet. Oh, okay. Well, thank you so much again for being on the podcast and everyone give her a follow. She's wonderful. I'll leave like all your links down below. Do you have anything besides Instagram? Do you have a TikTok? Uh, <laughs> um, I, do. I did for like a month, you know, when TikTok was like the main thing during quarantine. And then I deleted it because I was like, I'm spending far too much time. Oh my gosh. Well, the time suck for sure. Yeah. So I, uh, no, no more TikTok for me. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not on I'm, it either. I'm too old for that anyways. <laughs> I am, I'm like, I can't keep up. Oh. I can't believe we're saying that stuff now. Like I remember the day where I started saying, I think I'm too old for that. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay, girl. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Oh, you too. Wow. Allie is so special. Thank you so much, Allie, again, for being on the show. Please don't forget to give her a follow. I'll leave her link in the show notes. And yes, thank you all so much for listening. Um, Please also don't forget to subscribe or you can leave a rating and a review if you would like. It really just makes my day and my podcast is like my little baby that I'm seeing thrive. So it just means so much to me. And thanks again for listening. And I'll see you guys on the next episode of Take the Cake. Bye.